0: This is 89.9 KUNM and KUNMHD, Albuquerque, Santa Fe. Live from the University of New Mexico, also broadcasting on KRRT 90.9 Arroyo Seco, KRRE 91.9 Las Vegas, KRAR 91.9 Espanola, and KBOM 88.7 Socorro. Music playlists, live streaming, and more online at KUNM.org. We are we are the youth of the Nation, we are, we are the youth of the nation.
1: This is Generation Justice. I'm Edgar Cruz.
0: And I'm Maya Quiñones. Generation Justice is a multimedia movement that trains youth to harness the power of media for social change.
1: Tonight we will be discussing a very important issue to all living things, water and water scarcity.
0: Generation Justice Fellow Cristina Rodriguez had a chance to attend the Western Governors' Association Meeting on Drought at the invitation of the New Mexico Coordinator for Nuestro Río, Robert Apodaca.
1: There were several governor's representatives from various states who attended this exclusive gathering.
0: Christina spoke with Carly Brown, the Western Governors' Association Policy Advisor, Tom Blaine, the New Mexico State Engineer, and Craig Mackey, the Co-Director for Protect the Flows.
1: Because acequias are such a critical part of the New Mexico survivability, Robert Apolaca from Nuestro Rio made sure that Christina also spoke with Ralph Vihill, who is the chairman for the New Mexico Acequia Commission.
0: This is the important program that we are bringing you on Generation Justice. To begin this discussion, we'll start by getting to know about Nuestro Rio. Mr. Apolaca, the New Mexico coordinator for Nuestro Rio, speaks with G- GJ fellow Cristina Rodriguez.
2: Christina Rodriguez, and I'm at Generation Justice, and today I'm at the Western Governors Association's Drought Forum in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm here with Robert Afadaka. Robert, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: I'm a native New Mexican born and raised in Taos, New Mexico. Family's been up in the Taos area for about five generations. I got my education from New Mexico State University, business and finance. A little bit of my work experience includes working for government for the last uh, probably 15 years,
2: Talk to us about Nuestro Rio. What is it about? What are its goals, objectives?
3: Nuestro Rio, it's an organization that was formed about three and a half years ago and funded through the Walton Foundation. The Walton Foundation are concerned about water issues in the West, more specifically the Colorado River and how quickly the Colorado River is being used and the overuse of water resources of Colorado River goes through seven different states. And Nuestro Rio is made up of Individuals from New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, and Nevada. Uh, we're currently looking to see if we're going to be expanding into Southern California because a good portion of the Colorado River feeds uh, Southern California. So, with that in mind, the group initially talked about how can we not only have a seat at the table from the Hispanic and Latinos, but have another dynamic with respect to the just the traditional conservation organizations that are out there.
2: Thank you for elaborating on that. Today we're at the drought forum, primarily focused on water issues. So can you tell us what drought means to us here in New Mexico?
3: Being a, a native New Mexican, growing up in the north uh, with the ecosystem, system, I think over the last 10 years we've seen our snowpacks our rainfalls have not been what I remember them growing up. The drought has been a, a major issue that we've had to deal with for the last 10 years that um, I think most people don't quite know if it's for the middle of the drought, for ending the drought. I mean, so that's something that we all need to be conscious about is utilizing, making sure that we're utilizing our resources in a balanced manner. In New Mexico has seen some major fires over the last five to seven years, and it's been caused by poor management. And that's where, you know, I think we as communities, uh, in collaboration with the state and the federal agencies, need to make sure to do a, a better job because ultimately it's gonna be us and our children that that are gonna have to fix these long-term issues if we don't start building the foundation in some of these different aspects.
2: Can you tell us more about the Nuestro Rio Youth Group and why the voices of youth are important to issues like these?
3: One thing that the Walton Foundation wanted to do was see if there's a way to get Hispanic youth involved. As they saw the success with Nuestro Rio and how the impact it was having at the congressional level they wanted us to see how they could work with youth also to try to have an impact on long-term policy as we move forward and start building that next generation of leaders on some of these water and environmental issues. Secretary Jewell has actually referenced Nuestro Rio and the youth and many of the stops that she's been at because they have such an influence on her. Uh, we will be having a recruitment for the next cohort of Nuestro Rio youth um, we'll be looking at that. It's going to be, again, to help try to develop some of that leadership uh, um, you know, on the water environmental issues moving forward.
2: Are there other ways that New Mexico youth can get involved, or do you have a message for New Mexico
0: youth?
3: You know, in addition, you know, one thing that I'm always looking for, I'm very heavily involved in the legislative process, and being able to have individuals like you going up with me when I'm presenting in front of different committees and talking to legislators and you know representatives and policymakers it's huge and I don't think people quite understand the you know that power and that voice of the youth and you know how much it can transform lives and I mean and actually holding people accountable when it comes from youth and organizations such as yourselves that most of the time you guys are there because it's something that you guys care about the important thing is making sure that we continue to have a voice at the table for our youth engaging our Hispanic native american youth on these issues because we're going to be here for the long term so we're doing what we can to try to engage yourselves and you know other youth organizations to be a part of this process
2: thank you for spending your time with us and i really admire all the work that you do as well so again just thank you i really appreciate
0: it to help us navigate these conversations we are joined this evening by michelle martinez a nuestro rio regional water caucus member and española councilwoman who will be commenting on these various water issues. Welcome, Michelle.
4: Thank you, Maya.
1: Michelle, would you like to tell us more about yourself?
4: Um, yes, Ergard. Um, First off, thank you for having me here. It's a, a truly an honor to be able to sit here with our youth discussing such an important topic. I'm, I'm very grateful to Generation Justice for allowing me to be a guest today. Um, as you mentioned, I am a city councilor with the city of Española. I'm in my first term. Um, I'm also a school counselor. Um, by day. So I work to educate our youth on social and emotional issues that they may face. And being a city counselor has allowed me to expend that, extend that education piece on a different level in, in the regards to policy and in helping our youth to understand that you can be a different, a different type of leader at different levels in the different capacities that you serve. Um, my passion is youth. And so um, my children... More so, I have four beautiful children, and they truly motivate me to do um, everything that I do in my life and so because of that that's why I ran for public office and that's why I, I advocate for the changes I do. One of the big things is water conservation um, recycling, um, just trying to make our world a better place for my children. I want to make sure that that I also teach them to be advocates and to understand that, that they have power too and by voicing their concerns and speaking out they're able to make a difference in the world whether it's at the local level, the state level the national level. You know, as long as you get involved, you can make a difference. And and that truly, as I said, is my passion and my motivation for doing everything um, that I do do.
1: Thank you so much. That's inspiring.
0: Thank you, Michelle. Um, Is there
4: anything else you'd like to add about Nuestro Rio? I think Mr. Robert Apodaca summed it up. One of the things that I'm most proud of that Nuestro Rio does is working on their youth coalition I think that that is such a critical part in this water conservation effort, is having our youth be actively involved in the process and understanding the process the field trip that the group took um, through the Grand Canyon and down the Colorado River, I think was monumental in the under- their understanding and ability to experience firsthand what water conservation is and why it's so important. Like I, um, I think a lot of times we take for granted that you just turn on the faucet and the water's going to be there. But it's it's much deeper than that the water water has to come from somewhere and it has to be sustained for the future generations not just myself and my children but my grandchildren their children so it's a really important issue and and i think nuestro rio is doing a great service to the community to the seven states that are involved in nuestro rio by bringing in that youth component because our youth certainly are our future and it's really important to keep them involved and aware of what's happening
0: Thank you. Um, you talked a little bit about water
4: conservation. What's, what's an example of water conservation? What can we do from home? Um, simple things um, your parents can do at home um, or when you're out on your own are switching to low-flow toilets, um, more water-efficient um, faucets and shower heads, uh, very basic things like that to start off with. Thank you.
1: Now, in light of recent issues in California and the drought they are experiencing, how do you feel that relates to what we're dealing with here in New Mexico?
4: Water is life, and without water we would not be able to continue as we are. Um, I, I think that it shows how severe the situation can get when you get to the point of rationing water, having to cut down your water usage by certain percentages, and that has the potential to only get worse. The cuts are relatively small and manageable right now, but what happens when it gets to the point where where you have to cut your water use by 25, 35, 45 percent. How do you live? How do you maintain the lifestyle that you have become so accustomed to? We really have to understand and see those issues as they're happening in other states so that we can address them before we get to that level here in our own state. It It's very very important I you know as I said without water you can't do anything from the moment you wake up in the morning till the moment you go to bed water affects your life it's brushing your teeth in the morning it's making your morning coffee it's you know preparing your meals preparing your food washing your clothes even the clothes that you purchase the everything that you have is somehow dependent on water because again water is life and and so if you do not look at what's happening in other parts of the country, you're turning a blind eye and essentially you can't do that because by looking at what they're doing, some of the efforts that they're looking at to conserve water can help us locally to prevent problems before they get that big.
1: Right. Thank you so much. I think it's important to understand that because we are not experiencing that level of drought um, in New Mexico, what doesn't mean it's not happening somewhere else. So I'm glad that you bring up those points to understand that, you know, this is still happening and this could potentially happen in New Mexico. So it's important to take those those cuts and make that um, move. So thank you so much. Um, we'll hear more from you later in the show. Um, up next is a song called Agua Que Va by Santana. On January 28th, Generation Justice had the opportunity to attend the WGA Drought Forum in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and attendance at this important meeting were people who work in water advocacy from 19 different states and three U.S. islands. G.J. fellow Cristina Rodriguez spoke with a few of them.
0: We will hear from Carly Brown, the Western Governors Association Policy Advisor. Afterwards, we will hear from Craig Mackey, co-director for Protect the Flows. Protect the Flows is a coalition of businesses that seek to preserve the endangered Colorado River because it's a source of life for not only Colorado, but for Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, Wyoming, Mexico, and beyond.
1: Here is Generation Justice fellow Cristina Rodriguez with Carly Brown and then Craig Mackey
5: is in the middle of a year-long project called the Western Governors Drought Forum. And through this project, what we're trying to do is create a framework for sharing best practices on drought management for all different sectors of the economy. This entire project is the initiative of Governor Brian Sandoval of Nevada, who was the chairman of the Western Governors Association, and who set forth a vision for WGA to explore the ways that drought impacts communities and states in the West and what community leaders and state leaders can do in order to best respond to those drought conditions. The Western Governors Association is an organization for the governors of the 19 western states. What we do for those governors of those western states is we work on common policy issues that cross state boundaries. So in addition to water and this drought focus that we have this year, we also work on issues including energy, wildlife, land management, invasive species, forest health, All of those things that are especially Western in nature because they get at the natural resource values that are so unique and distinct to the West drought looks different in different places. And also, the types of economies that we focused on through the Western Governors Drought Forum, agriculture, for instance, looks different in different places as well. So whenever you're talking about drought response, drought management, it can't be a top-down solution. You really have to look at the individual hydrology conditions, the individual community needs, economic needs, um, in order to develop the best solution to address the drought conditions.
0: My
2: name is Christina Rodriguez and I'm with Generation Justice and today I'm at the Western Governors Association's Drought Forum here in Santa Fe and I'm here with the co-director of Protect the Flows, Craig Mackey. Craig, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure,
6: I'm Craig Mackey. I live in Denver, Colorado. And I am co-director of a program called Protect the Flows, which is a business coalition that works on water conservation, water sustainability, and most importantly, um, keeping some water in our rivers throughout the West, particularly the Colorado River Basin.
2: Can you tell us a little bit more about the mission of your organization, what Protect the Flows does?
6: Sure. We actually work throughout the uh, Colorado River Basin. There are seven states in the basin, from the upper basin states, Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, Utah, down to what's known as the lower basin, which is uh, Arizona, Nevada, and California. So there's seven states in the basin. For 150 years here in the West, we've done a very good job of taking water out of the Colorado River. We've literally allowed the desert to bloom, figuratively and literally everything from cities to agriculture farms and ranches to mining you name it all of which are very legitimate uses for water but in the 21st century in the West today we have much more balanced economies employers increasingly are locating businesses here in the West so we have a quality of life economy we have a tourism economy we have a recreation economy we've done a study at Protect the Flows that shows that the Colorado River is a 26 billion dollar recreation economy so in the West today, water plays a very key role. And our members are businesses who recognize that fact and want to step up with policymakers and talk to them about why water is important to their business.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about how drought does affect those businesses?
6: Protect the Flows just completed a study with Arizona State University, and there's actually a story in the Wall Street Journal about it that says that the Colorado River overall, beyond just recreation, but overall is a $1.4 trillion economy. But the important thing about this study is is that it said a 10% decline in the flow of the Colorado River system itself. Those seven basin states that we talked about would lose $143 billion in economic activity and 1.6 million jobs. And obviously the easiest way to bring that home is to go back to that recreation economy. Many of our members that Protect the Flows are small businesses that are proximate to the river. So that's everything from a raft guide to a fishing guide, ski areas, but also think about the hospitality industry, the bed and breakfast industry, and the real estate industry itself.
2: What other kind of water rights issues do you face in your work?
6: Well I think, you know, the real issue here is is that the Colorado River and water rights in the West were really divided up a hundred years ago. The compact was actually signed at Bishop's Lodge here in Santa Fe, New Mexico in 1922. That was during one of the wettest periods of time in the last hundred years. So we allocated a 15 million acre foot river and we now have about a 12 million acre foot river. So we're down 20 25% before we even start allocating the water in this day and age compared to where we were in 1922. So we're dealing with a very old system of water rights. And I think this is the biggest issue we all face here in the basin each state has an allocation of water overseen by the federal government but also by you know water agreements here in the west and if we balkanize and if we each go our own direction New Mexico can take another 14,000 acre feet out of the Gila River, which impacts the Colorado River. The state of Utah can take another 30% of more water than they're currently taking today out of the Colorado River system. If we balkanize and all go build major water projects and grab as much water as fast as we can, we're going to hurt this the system overall. We have to recognize that we're in this together and that we're a basin and we have to solve these problems collectively.
2: Do you have any advice on how youth can get educated or involved in these issues?
6: Well, I think it's absolutely critical for for youth and young people to get involved on water issues, to work on our streams, water quality, water quantity, but also just to get educated on the basic issues of water here in the West. You know, It's your future that we're talking about here, and there are certainly many, many ways to get involved in these issues in your community with school programs, with NGOs or nonprofit organizations, groups like um, Trout Unlimited, American White Water, American Rivers are all running river cleanup projects, river restoration projects, and I think those types of things that get youth out there and in touch with rivers and in touch with water are really valuable.
2: Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you would like to add?
6: We heard in the room today between 2011 and 2014 was the worst stretch of drought that New Mexico has seen in recorded history. Those are real issues, and they're going to impact our everyday lives. It's going to impact how we use water, how much water we have available, the cost of water. It's going to impact energy. We not only produce energy from water, hydroelectric, at Lake Mead and Lake Powell, but the more we move water, the more we store water, the more energy we have to use for that. So energy prices, energy costs, and water costs are inextricably linked here in the West. And so, you know, a huge thank you to uh, Generation Justice for being here to talk about these issues because they're going to impact your lives here in New Mexico and beyond. Thank you,
2: and thank you for speaking
0: with us. Again, we are joined by Michelle Martinez from Rostro Rio and the city of Española. Michelle, I never realized the importance of the Colorado River. Can you help us
4: understand a little more what this means for us in New Mexico? I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of the Colorado River in our communities. I think a lot of times people say it's the Rio Grande that flows through New Mexico and that's the main river that we have to worry about. And oh, the Rio Grande is overflowing. You know, it's it's wonderful, but we fail to realize how important the sustainability of the Colorado River and the conservation efforts to make sure that river continues to flow are to our community. Um, As I said earlier. from the moment we wake up until the moment we lay down our heads. Um, we use water in every aspect of our day. Um, it's it's really our way of life. It affects our agriculture, the farms and ranches, the economic development of our communities, and it's it affects the overall growth of our community. Um, I think it's really important to, to understand that, that there's more to the water that comes into our homes than just the Rio Grande. The Colorado River, you know, affects um, many communities across the state. Um, As Mr. Mackey had mentioned, you know, through the seven basin states, we have the potential to lose 143 billion dollars. The impact of that type of money could essentially destroy these communities. And especially in New Mexico, we're not a rich state, and a, a lot of the northern part of our state relies on tourism. That's our main source of economic development. It could affect, um, as Mr. Mackey said, 1.6 million jobs. So what happens to those 1.6 million people and their families if we're not able to, to sustain our way of life, our culture, our tourism? Um, what happens then, you know, the roots of, of our state are based on the rivers and settling and the Native Americans and, and the sacredness of the water in the river to our communities. So it's it's really important to understand, again, that water is not something to be taken for granted. It It truly is an effort that everyone needs to to make it's an effort that has to start from our young children to our adults and and to realize that it truly is life you cannot um go anywhere if if we don't look at that and and how the colorado affects not only new mexico but the other states Uh, The big part is working collaboratively. That's where this Western Governors Association Conference was very critical because it brings the stakeholders to the table um, as well as the Water Caucus that took place in Santa Fe. Without events like that taking place and those conversations happening to see how we can conserve Um, our water for future generations, we're not going to get far. Um, Again, the tragedy with the water shortage in southern Nevada and California really brings to light that a lot more conservation efforts need to be taking place in our community and across the state of New Mexico so that we don't have to reach such drastic measures. Um, I really think it's, it's important to to be involved in community groups and organizations and and to have conversations such as this it's really enlightening to see our youth tackling such important issues and talking about it and bringing it to the table and truly trying to understand what it means to conserve water and to protect life for future generations so that's where it all begins is with you Thank you,
0: and I don't think um thank you for touching on this actually, because I don't think people realize when you know I don't realize when I turn on the faucet i'm i I've never been able to imagine what it's like to turn it on and not have water coming out and we don't we don't know where the water comes from exactly we don't see the Colorado River every day, so we don't know what that's like,
4: so thank you for that right and And if you ever take a road trip and you're driving through to get you know, to California, going through way of Hoover Dam, you look at that's such an eye opener to be able to see the mineral deposits along the the walls of the dam and to see how much water we've lost over the last few decades. You know, um, it's it's amazing to see that when you sit and realize that's where our water comes from. It doesn't just magically appear in the sink. Right. You know, what happens when when our overconsumption of water is so much that we're taking more out than we can replenish. You know, it's, it's really important to look at this. And as I said, really start conservation measures since now, since we're f- before we're forced to.
1: Right. Thank you. I think those points uh, were all incredibly insightful. Um, we want to continue this discussion. But first, here's a song called Water by Otto Madli. heard about the incredible influence and importance of water in the western states we're going to take a closer look at our water right here in New Mexico.
0: As Carly Brown from the Western Governors Association stated earlier each state has a unique relationship with water and management must differ from state to state.
1: The New Mexico office of the state engineer is in charge of the supervision measurement appropriation and distribution of both service water and groundwater in New Mexico.
0: To talk about water rights and the appropriation of water in New Mexico, next we will hear from Tom Blaine, the New Mexico State Engineer, as he speaks with Christina Rodriguez.
2: Hello, my name is Christina Rodriguez, and I'm with Generation Justice, and today I'm at the Western Governors Association's Drought Forum in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I'm here with Tom Blaine, the New Mexico State Engineer. Tom, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
7: Yes, my name is Tom Blaine and I'm a graduate from New Mexico State University with a degree in Agricultural Engineering. I've got 30 plus years of experience in engineering primarily focused in water. I was recently asked to serve as a state engineer from uh, Governor Martinez in, starting in December of 2014.
2: The majority of today's forum is entirely about drought, so can you elaborate a little bit on how drought affects? New
7: Mexico? Drought is exacerbating a condition that we live in every day. The surface water in New Mexico is fully appropriated, so there's no new appropriations that can take place within the state in the surface water system. Groundwater, there are certain areas in the state that still have water available for appropriation, but primarily a significant portion of the groundwater in New Mexico is, is at capacity, and we are experiencing in a number of areas groundwater mining conditions, which means we're taking more water out of the groundwater than is being replaced. So you cannot sustain that over a long period of time without dire consequences.
2: Why are water issues so important to New Mexico?
7: No water, no life basically. It impacts our economic development for the state. It is the future for my kids and the kids of the residents of New Mexico. Extremely important. I want my family to have deep roots in this state, and the only way to do that is to have an economic base, which is really a function of how much water do we have.
2: With regards to these water rights issues, what are some specific things that people should look out for and be aware of?
7: With water rights, one of the promising issues that we see coming up is shortage sharing. So instead of going on a strict priority basis, communities can come together and agree on how to allocate a shortage throughout the water users within that area. It really keeps the state engineer out of the water management business in the event of a shortage if the communities have a shortage agreement in place. So we allow the, the communities to manage their own water basically and to do it on an equitable basis as they see is appropriate for their individual communities.
2: Are there any ways that youth can get involved with this process or educate themselves about water rights in New Mexico?
7: Every day youth get up, they take a drink of water, they're involved, because without that, there's no viable place for them to be in New Mexico. So it concerns everybody. Water conservation is going to be a big issue that we need to start focusing on statewide initially that is going to be the the first step the second step is going to be water reuse how can we use that water more than one time you know we do it in surface water systems now if a city like the city of Albuquerque uses water uh, they send it to the sewage treatment plant it's treated to a high quality standard and then released back to the river and so that water is used by downstream users we're going to have to be looking at the same types of systems for groundwater appropriation. So what we need to do is start focusing on what the cycles are for our water. And youth can get involved today by looking at water conservation techniques. The other way that youth can get involved is look at water as a career. There are many opportunities in planning, in engineering, in scientific areas for water quality there are just going to be uh, tremendous opportunities in new mexico in the water industry and the water field
2: thank you is there anything else that you would like to add
7: everything that you wear everything that you eat everything that you touch requires water to produce it and we need to be more conscious of what products are the most water-conservative products that we can use.
2: Great advice. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for speaking with us. Thank
0: you. We are here again with with Michelle Martinez.
1: Michelle, what are your thoughts about what the New Mexico State engineer had to share?
4: Uh, Thank you, Edgar. Um, I believe Mr. Blaine... It's really important to listen to the points that he brought up to us. I think um, the everyday average person doesn't understand some of those things. um, But one of the things that he said puts it very simply, no water, no life. And that was kind of a point that I had had brought up earlier. Um, One of the really important things that he did bring up was um, indicating that surface water allocation is completely that appropriation has already been completely appropriated. Um, There are no more appropriations that can take place with that water. Um, With groundwater, as he said, there's a few areas that can be appropriated, but the bottom line is is that our local governments really need to be more proactive in water conservation and water reuse programs. Um, They have to look at the local water authorities, the the local um, city councils, county commissions, whoever regulates water usage, Um, really needs to take a look at these things because we don't want the state coming in to micromanage us. We're able to see how lack of water conservation affects bigger states um, across the West and and the effects it's having currently and again, Southern Nevada and California. And by seeing those, we could be more proactive as local governments, as local leaders um, to be able to make changes since now. Um, I really think that um, it, he brought up a point of water sharing and and, and he said that that's a, a perfect way to keep the state engineer out of the water um, management issues. If communities are actively managing their water and the usage at this time, then we don't need the state engineer to intervene. You know, his role is very important and very vital, but as community members and local leaders, we have the ability to make sure that we do not need his intervention if we're working collaboratively and collectively to solve our water issues and do the best we can to To prevent it from getting out of control.
0: Um, so, how do we, as members of the community,
4: impact water policy? Who do who can we go to? Um, starting at the local level, you you can become an advocate. Whether you're a youth, whether you're an adult, you know, go to your local government your local governing bodies, go to your local water boards and acequias and ditch commissions. Um, If you live in a community where there's a ditch running through, ask the neighbor, ask your parents, you know, what's the name of this ditch? And Every ditch organization has weekly or monthly meetings and you can go by and see what's happening and how they're allocating water usage and, and what all that entails. Go to your local leaders and ask them what policies and procedures they've put in place um, for the water conservation and what types of water use programs are available in the community. I think a lot of times people just are not informed. They want to do what's right, but they don't know what to do or how to do it. it it's even as simple as calling your local um Utilities, you know, see if PNM Gas Company of New Mexico, your local electric co op, whoever, has any sort of um, incentive programs that um, help you to switch out appliances, um, not appliances, but um, your shower heads. Sometimes PNM um, has these programs where you can swap out your shower heads and they have these different incentives available for. You to do on your own. So if each person would just see what they can do in their own home, that would impact more than than we really realize. I think sometimes people say, "Oh, well, I'm just one person. What impact does that have?" A 20-minute shower, you use approximately 1,000 gallons of water. So that's the kind of impact you can have in the community. Cut down the length of the shower that you take. Um, you know switch out your toilets to low flow toilets. Small things like that make a huge difference. And if 10 people on your block did that, imagine the type of water conservation that would be taking place. Getting actively involved with other organizations such as Nuestro Rio and find out what they're doing to advocate and talk to state legislatures. It's these types of community organizations that can help you get your voice out as well. Thank you, Michelle.
1: Next up is a song by Earth Guardians, a group of young activists, artists, and musicians from across the globe, stepping up as leaders and collaborating to defend our planet. The song is called What the Frack?
0: We say what the, you say frack, what the
1: frack, what the frack? We say what the, you say frack, what the frack, what the frack? What the frack? frack and support the essence of our land, destroying the earth and we got a New Mexico is unique when it comes to water management. However, we have been facing the most severe drought conditions.
0: We have had hundreds of years of water management through acequias, which is rarely found in other states, even in the southwest.
1: Robert Apodaca of Nuestro Rio made sure that the Generation Justice could talk with Ralph Fihill, the chairman of the New Mexico Acequia Commission.
0: The New Mexico Asequia Commission was created in 1987 to advise the governor, the New Mexico Interstate Stream Commission, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to work together on how to protect and maintain our acequias in New Mexico because they're a, such a huge part of our culture and history.
1: To hear more, here is G.J. fellow Christina Rodriguez with Mr. Ralph Vigil.
2: Hello, my name is Christina Rodriguez and I'm with Generation Justice. Today, I'm at the Western Governors Association Drought Forum in Santa Fe. I'm here with Ralph v.
8: Hill, the chairman of the New Mexico Ecequia Commission. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ralph. My name is Ralph Vigil. I was raised in Pecos, New Mexico. I'm a 13th generation New Mexican. My family has always uh, traditionally farmed and used acequias throughout their entire lives and passed that down to me, which I hope will be passed down to my children. I run a small organic farmer's co-op out of PECOS trying to uh, get more locally grown produce in the area and also to be using the water that flows through our asekias so that you know we have justification for having those asekias there. And also, you know, member of the Water Trust Board where we distribute money for water projects throughout the state. And on the asechia, I'm the second representative to help secas along through the process if they need help because it's quite a tedious process. That's pretty much... Uh, going on a shower, a couple different hats, but they're all along the same lines in protecting our water and our lands for our future generations to be able to enjoy them in such a way as uh, I was able to and to leave it uh, in a pristine way.
2: Thank you, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I think that the legacy of Eusequias in New Mexico is really important. So can you tell us a little bit more about the importance of Eusequias, especially here in New Mexico?
8: Well, here in New Mexico, we have over 800 acequias, close to 1,000 known, and that's just a figure, but there's a lot of acequias out there that we don't know of, that have never come up for public assistance or anything, so they like to keep to themselves and stay out of the government. Acequias govern themselves, elected amongst the parcentes of the acequia, and under Spanish law, under our departamentos, the acequia had to be built first, then the church, then a plaza, then your property would be qualified as a land grant. So the acekia was the first form of democracy in the United States of America and the oldest form of democracy in the United States. It's a privilege to be part of this process and to be a leader in this process and I'm grateful to be in the position I am to be able to help protect our acekias because the acekias are the lifebloods of our many of our communities and we just don't consider them a ditch. We consider them an extension of the river because they provide their own habitat in their own way. They recharge aquifers. There's a lot to an acequia, especially when it's left alone and left natural. Acequias are all about water sharing, our repartamentos, That come back from it way back in the days. were based on sharing in times of shortages and of course rejoicing in times of abundance. So our system of management is one of the oldest water systems other than the primitive forms that the natives had around and then incorporated with some of the Spanish to form these acequia systems throughout New Mexico. So it's a lot of hard work, but at the end of the day, so rewarding to be able to say, well, I grew this, our family's fed because we did this, and thank you to my ancestors for creating these acequias.
2: Can you elaborate for us a little bit more about the New Mexico Acequia condition
8: itself? We were created to advise the Office of the State Engineer, Interstate Stream Commission, the Governor. We're also charged with serving as a facilitator between local ESECIAs and government. So sometimes we help mediate some situations and sometimes we help mediate situations uh, amongst the sector members, so different ESECIAs, or within the same ESECIA themselves. And we're also charged with advising any governmental entity, anybody that has to do anything with water that would affect or even land on Forest Service that does affect the a, a secas, being that in you know, our watersheds are such disrepair. The forest is overgrown. A lot of these issues may not deal directly with the secas, but they affect the secas directly because we depend on these high mountains to be thin, cleared out so that the water can reach the ground. It can absorb and collect in the soil properly and then eventually hit the aquifers and streams so that we have more water flowing. Right now, there's too much of a canopy and the water's staying up there. So. We feel that's a big issue, and that's something that we advise on. And uh, we're also uh, charged with uh, commenting on any, any legislation that affects on uh, OSECIAs or has anything to do with secular matters. Like right now, it's not an OSECIA bill, but it's a tax bill um, on property taxes that came out of and Or the uh, county assessor at their discretion, you know, was determining that this elderly couple wasn't using their land for agriculture anymore, so they decided to up the property taxes, and, and they can't really afford that, so we're working on some legislation along with the New Mexico Osechia Association and uh, some other groups to try to get some some sort of language in there to protect traditional users of the land, especially when they age and they can't farm that land anymore, where a lot of land was lost to property taxes, a lot of irrigated land off of secures. Um, yeah, yeah. back in the, you know, Depression days, and we don't want to see that happen again, you know, I asked my dad, well, oh, how come there's so many pockets of different types of families in here? He said, well, some of the females married into different families, but a lot of these other lands have been lost due to property taxes. And he had mentioned a story some you know, some time ago that uh, they even had to borrow $1.25 to pay the property taxes. You know, That's how poor they were. They were uh, money poor, but they weren't poor in land and food. I mean, they were very wealthy in that respect. They were never going to go hungry. That was guaranteed, and they were never going to run out of any type of resources. This uh, commission functions to protect all that and to advise uh, the governor as well on uh, all these issues in order to protect uh, the heritage of this great state.
2: Do you have a message to youth on how they can get involved, or just a message to youth in New Mexico about how important this is?
8: Continue to respect water. Water is life. Without water, we wouldn't be here. But um, when it comes to water, we got to always be thoughtful and, and think of where that water comes from. And also always look to the high country, to the peaks, because that's where the, that water that runs off from. And um, reflect on that and uh, continue to understand water more, respect it more, and uh, conserve it more. You know, Always reflect daily on water. I always do, especially when I take a shower and I feel that water hitting me. You know, I reflect daily on that water and what life it gives to me, and what life it gives to this entire planet. And without it, you know, if we keep messing around with our environment and then altering things, Mother Nature will bite us. And try farming. If there's a farm that's looking in the South Valley in Albuquerque or in Pecos, if they come up to Pecos, you know they can contact me or any farmer within any community. Um, just go up to them and ask them. You know, how does your secular system work? Go talk to the secular commissioner. Or marrdomo, or ditch runner on the middle Rio Grande down there, or up here. Talk to the Mardomos, ask them if they'll explain to you what they do. You know, and uh, really learn it, and uh, start to understand it, and maybe then, once it's understood, then the respect will come with it. Thank you for
2: that. I, I really, really appreciate that, and you taking the time to speak with
1: us. Here with us again is Michelle Martinez from Nuestro Rio. Michelle, what do the secas mean to the Española Valley?
4: Uh, thank you for the question, Edgar. I, I believe that acequias are a way of life in the Española Valley. Um, it, our community is still rich in farming. It is still rich in the culture and tradition of the acequia system. I remember when I was younger, you know, growing up, you had... When it was time for planting season, you know, everyone has to get together and clean the ditches and make sure that the ditches are, are up to par so that the, the, the growing season was prosperous for everyone in the community. And then, of course, the fun of jumping in one end of the ditch and going with the flow down through it. You know, um, my, my parents still use the ditches in our community. My mom uses it to water The lawn and the trees at home and and in Española, we have several different um, ditches and acequia systems that are used by by many individuals in our community, um, as well as the pueblos that surround the Española Valley. Um, That's it integral part of our community and again it's a way of life in Espanola we're in the process of working on a food hub where local farmers are going to be able to bring in their crops and the acequia system is critical to to the success of the food hub because if our farmers can't water their crops then we can't get them to the food hub then we can't distribute them so it it really plays a critical role in the life of the Espanola Valley part of our valley's history um, you know, includes a, a lot of communities after World War II during the Great Depression had very difficult times and they really felt the effects of the war and the Depression. But in the Espanola Valley, because our community was very much agriculture, community farming, we were still able to work the land and and did not have as great an impact because of the water systems and our way of life in northern New Mexico. So um, it it definitely plays a critical role in the Española Valley and everything that we do.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I understand that Nuestro Rio has a youth program. Um, Would you like to tell us more about that?
4: Yes. um, Nuestro Rio is currently recruiting its next cohort of youth leaders, the Nuestro Rio Youth Leadership Program is looking for youth between the ages of 16 and 24 to serve for one, for one year to learn about the importance of the Colorado River and advocating with decision makers. Um, they had participated in a field trip of the Colorado River to understand truly the life that the Colorado gives to the region. They were able to raft down the Grand Canyon and, and truly live and breathe the Colorado River and see how it affects everything from recreation to um, agriculture and, again, the growth of the different cities and the regions that the river services. I think this is one of the most exciting um, things that Nuestro Rio is doing is this youth leadership program. Um, it really allows youth to get actively involved and, again, helps them to to not take for granted water and and how it affects our lives. Um, As I said before, our youth really are a passion of mine, and and I'm hopeful that in the future um, that we can educate our youth to be more um, active advocates of water conservation. And and what I'm trying to do in the Española Valley is start a youth coalition um, as well. Um, And so I'm just in the early planning stages of that, but I really feel that when you get youth actively involved in the decision-making process and in being able to see how policy affects our youth at this young age and how it has the potential to affect their future, that's very critical. Um, in, in making sure that our water is sustainable. I think one of the things um, with youth that if we would work more towards, um, just like we have reading and writing and math in school, I think part of that history component and um, social studies economic component in our schools should include water conservation and and things that students can do um, I have um, small children, you know, from the ages of four to sixteen. But I notice every time I get in the car, if I don't buckle up instantly, my four-year-old and my six-year-old automatically say, "Mommy, buckle up." you need to put on your seatbelt. And when I was younger, you know, we didn't have to wear seatbelts like that. It wasn't as enforced, but times change and things change. And so you start educating your youth since preschool, since even before preschool, once they're able to talk and you start reminding them to turn off the faucet when they're brushing their teeth and um, making sure that that they're conservative in their showers that's how we can make changes is making sure that kids understand at a young age what water conservation is and how critical a role they play they have in making sure that we have water for generations to come.
1: Right. Thank you so much um, for sharing. I think those were incredibly insightful points. Um, I think building awareness amongst our youth is, is incredibly important. And I, I am just so amazed that these um, youth groups are getting so involved in the communities. I think um, it incentivizes students to understand that you know there could come a point where the ditch you used to play with when you were a child can disappear. And so I think building awareness will hopefully um, spread throughout the community. Michelle, is there anything else that you would like to share?
4: Um, I did not share the contact information for the Nuestro Rio oh, Youth please Leadership do. Program. Thank you. So, if anyone out there is interested, um, you can get online at www.nuestrorio.com, which is again www.nuestrorio.com, or you can call 505 269 6246 for additional information.
1: Thank you, thank you so much.
4: Thank you, Michelle. Thank you.
1: We have reached the end of tonight's program. Thank you all for joining us this evening as we looked at the importance of water, water management, and why we need to all be working together to preserve it for the future. I'd like to have water for my children and my grandchildren.
0: Absolutely, this is very important. Thank you again to Española Councilwoman and Nuestro Río board member Michelle Martinez for being in the KUNM studio with us this evening.
1: Thank you, Robert Apodaca and Nuestro Río for giving us the special opportunity to learn from the Western Governors Association Drought Forum in Santa Fe.
0: Also, a huge thanks to all of those who spoke with us at the forum. Carly Brown, the Western Governors Association Policy Advisor. Craig Mackey, the Co-Director for Protect the Flows.
1: Tom Blaine, the New Mexico State Engineer, and Robert Apodaca, the New Mexico Coordinator for Nuestro Rio.
0: Production assistance for tonight's program came from Cristina Rodriguez, George Luna Peña, Melissa Harris, Chantel Trujillo, and Roberta Ryle.
1: And last but certainly not least, much appreciation to all of our youth members here at Generation Justice. We couldn't do what we do without you.
0: Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and much, much more. Our podcasts are now available on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe.
1: We're also active on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McCune Foundation and Con Alma Foundation, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. I'm Maya Quinones.
1: And I'm Edgar Cruz. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned, and we'll see you next Sunday at 7 o'clock.
0: Thank you again, Michelle, for joining us this evening. Uh, Michelle is a Regional Water Caucus member. Um, Thank you again for being with us tonight.
4: Thank you for having me.
5: That is torn and bad. The ruling generations gotta wake up now. And our generation gonna show you how. Why are you sleeping? Why are you so blind? And to look around, I think you lost your mind.